While we were gone, we've been talking about and thinking about Father's Day. We've been going over it and, 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 and having a couple little meetings, talking about what Father's Day might be. And, and as I was praying about Father's Day, the, the world has always bagged on dads. You know, I mean, the, the, in the sitcoms and those kind of things, the dads are always the doofus and, you know. But I, I really, you know, and that, that, I guess that could be an issue. And, and, but I think we can overcome that because I'm not, I'm not a doofus. You know you're not a doofus. I, I think the thing that God, that God gave me uh, as I began to pray about this and talk about fathers. And two weeks ago or three weeks ago, we talked about moms and remember mama. And today I just want to share, you know, three things with you about being a super dad. And uh, we can't be superheroes, but we can all be a super dad because we know the real super father. We're natural beings in this earth, but he is super and his super, nat- his super matches with our natural. And it's, it, it is supernatural. And as I was praying and kind of going toward this message, the thing that kept coming to me wasn't the fact that the earth thinks that, or the world thinks that men are doofuses as, the, as fathers. It was the pressure that we feel sometimes as fathers. That, that if you're not a dad and, and, you, and you haven't been one, maybe you're a single mom and you know that kind of pressure that comes with uh, the responsibility of, of being in charge or, or, or the kids need something and that responsibility falls on you, whether it's finances or whether it's wisdom or the, the, the world thinks that or men think sometimes that, that I have to have the answers for everything. You don't. You just have to know the guy who does. And I don't have the finances for everything, but I know the guy who, who does. And I don't always have the ability to do everything, but I know the guy who does. And when we come to that realization as dads, as fathers, when we come to that realization that says, you know what, I can't, but he can. When I look past my flaws into who he is, perfect. And when I get past my mistakes and realize that he doesn't make any, and then if I can lean on or lean into him, it helps me become not a better man, not a better person. It helps me become a better father. And so I I know there are a lot of things we could talk about, and there are a lot of things that dads go through. We could try to emulate God in, in all the fatherly things that, that he does. But, I, I mean, it, he forgives us. He loves us without question. He protects us. He encourages us. He provides for us. He listens to us. He, he, he teaches us. He, he's always there. I, 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 can't, I can't do all of those things. But what I can do are, are, are a few things that we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the fact that as a dad, I can provide. And as a dad, I can protect. And as a dad, I need to be the spiritual leader uh, in, in our house. And I can't be a superhero, but, but God is super. And he'll help me, and he'll help you become a super dad. You're not alone in this fight. You know, you're not alone. You may be in a house when you're by yourself. You may be a single mom here. You may be by yourself naturally where you're at. But I'm telling you, you're not alone. God is with you. He loves you. He gave you these children. I know sometimes you want to take them out, but he gave them to you, so don't kill them. He's given you them for a purpose. He's given you them for a reason. And you may say, well, they're they're, they're 22 years old. Well, well, that's awesome. They're still yours. They may not be in your home. They may not physically reside with you and be a part of what's happening, but spiritually they're still tied to you. And as a man, I think, as a father, we need to stand up. and, and, And fatherhood's taken a hit. Uh, but, but, but the church hasn't necessarily stood up and, and, and been a place full of godly men proclaiming the truth and the gospel and the faithfulness and goodness of God in their homes. 
the church is made up, not necessarily here, but in a lot of places, of mainly women. And if they can get their husband to come, he comes along. And, and, if, and, if, and if dad can come and maybe drag the kids along, it, it's usually mom. And dad's usually somewhere else or not around or whatever. I, you need to take control of where you are as a man of God. Take control of your home and be involved in what God is doing spiritually in this earth. It'll make all the difference. It'll make all the difference. He has gifted you and given you talents that nobody else has in your home. And he is asking you, I think he is requiring of us to lead that way. You're not alone. He loves you. He cares about you. Just know this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You have the mind of Christ. It says so in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. God is interested in helping you raise your kids. He's not asking you to raise your kids. He's asking you to partner with Him in raising your kids. And when you get a revelation of that, it takes the pressure away. Because now it doesn't all reside on me. It's not all on my shoulders. I know that God has given me these children to be the father and so he has to help me raise them how he would want me to raise them to bring out the good things that are on the inside of them and help them become the little men and women that he has created them to be he is an excellent god is an excellent father if i asked you all to fill out a little thing and say you know is god super yes is he a terrific father yes are you Eh, not so much all right well just let's be like him It says in Isaiah, his ways aren't our ways and his thoughts aren't our thoughts. But it also says in Romans chapter 12 that as we meditate the word, it begins to transform us. And it begins to transform us in such a way that our thoughts do become his thoughts. Our ways do become his ways. And there's a passage of scripture in Genesis in chapter 1. And I'm sharing this before we do the video this time. Only I just, there's, we have to realize that we are part of his family. We're part of his household and we have his DNA. Because I think we understand that God is a good God and that He's a wonderful Father. But sometimes I don't believe that I can be a wonderful Father. But listen, you're in His house. You have His DNA. It's a part of who you are. You can be. In Genesis chapter 1, it says God God created man. He actually said, God said, I want to create man in our own image to be like ourselves, it says. Then it says they'll, have, they'll be able to reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry on the ground and do all these things. He said, you're going to be made in our image to be like us. And then it says God went ahead and made man in his image. So you are made in his image. And then Jesus came, died on the cross for us, and he completed the bridge that now allows us as human beings to have his DNA to be adopted into his household as sons and heirs, as sons and daughters of God, brought in, and now you have that lifeblood, you have that life force flowing inside of you, the same DNA that Jesus had in this earth spiritually. As it came through Abraham and came through Jesus and now has come to you as a believer and as a Christian. So as a father, you have the same DNA as the father. You know, maybe your dad is bald and now you're bald. You know, you can get mad at him for that or whatever that is. I don't understand. She talks about genetics because she does those things in her science classes in middle school. You know, there's widow peaks for some people and not for others. And she says some people can roll their tongues and others can't. And, you know, some people's ears are connected and not connected. I don't understand any of that. But it's genetics. See, it's DNA. It all comes through the DNA. And it has to do with whose are you. And because you have given birth 
to these little ones, in many cases, just talking about naturally, as you and the mother have given birth to them, you have passed on genes and DNA and those things. Just as you have come to Christ, He has passed on genes spiritually and DNA spiritually in your life that help you become who He created you to become. And our friends are here to talk to us a little bit. i got a video to show you just about, about dads and, and maybe about, about being a superhero and being a super dad. So let them talk to us here for a minute, and then we'll finish up with our three points. Greatest TV dad of all time. I'd say it's a toss-up between uh, Andy Griffith, that cool dad from Friday Night Lights, and Archie Bunker. Archie Bunker? He's my role model. Okay. Those are good dads, but nobody beats Mr. Belvedere. That was a good dad. He's a butler. No, he's a dad. No, he's not a dad. He's a butler. He seems so patriarchalish. Okay, greatest memory of your dad growing up as a kid. Ugh. Oh. That's tough. I mean, there's so many of them. Um, I remember my dad took me fishing sometimes. He taught me to play golf. And we laughed. We laughed a lot. Here's one for the books, okay? Memory of my dad when I was a teenager, okay? I was trying to convince him that I just wanted to be an average Joe. Just let me be average, you know? And he gets all frustrated with me, and he comes into my room, and he's like, that is the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. You're afraid if you put knowledge into your brain, your brain's going to explode and ooze out of your ear. You've got the brain damage. And then he like gave me a jello budgesicle and it just made all my cares go away. Steel. That's the Cosby show. Huh? Yeah. That's episode where Theo is satisfied with being mediocre and Cliff comes in and tells him that's not okay. That that's that's classic Cosby. How does my childhood and TV just enmesh so much? Okay, I got one for you. Best advice your dad ever gave you. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Make it count. Your dad taught you that? Yeah, he went into sports. That explains so much. My dad, besides always saying, um, don't stand in front of an open flame while eating Mexican food, um, he would quote this proverb, uh, a man of knowledge uses words with restraint a man of understanding is even tempered. I love that. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, say that again. I'm going to record it for myself. Go. No. I'm not going to do that. Hey, when did you first realize your dad wasn't a superhero? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, when we're kids, we think our dad's a superhero, right? And then we grow up and we see their faults and we realize they're just human. Isn't that what makes a great superhero? Okay, take the ultimate superhero, Superman. He can do anything, anything. But as soon as you get him around some little green rocks, he becomes a complete ball of crypto mush. But I think that's what makes a great superhero. He knows his flaws, he knows the kryptonite. Same way with being a dad. We know our flaws, we know what trips us up, we stay away from it and we still defend our universe. I guess, if you look at it that way, 
I guess my dad still is my hero. Boom goes the dynamite. Swish. Ready to play some b-ball? Yeah, give me just a minute. to be a superhero and it, you know he says what superheroes know their flaws and they know those things the whole idea about being a dad is understanding that you don't have the answers but you do know who does and the bible is about this idea that says he wants to partner with you in your life to do everything that he's created and called you to do especially for us as dads to parent our children I, I, I believe that it says in, in, in Hebrews 4.16 that in, in those times of trouble and in those moments of indecision and when we don't know what to do or where to go, it says, I can come boldly to the throne room of grace and in that time of need, he will pour out that mercy, he will pour out his grace and he will pour out exactly what I need so that I can make it through that situation. It's not for me, it's for them. You don't live this life as a father for you. You live this life as a father for them. We've talked about it a little bit over the last bunch of months. This idea that says your number one job as a parent isn't to reach a certain status, isn't to get to a certain place. Your number one job as a parent is to help your children develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. And you may not be able to be a, a superhero today, but you can be a super dad. So I have worn my Superman shirt so that I can remind you that we all can be superheroes. I know that's going to completely embarrass the two of you. But you can be... It's all right. Daddy loves you. Even with that mustache. You got to... This, this is something. He looks like he came out of the 70s. But... God created you in His image, and His DNA is poured through you. So if He is a super dad, so am I. If He is a super dad, so are you. You may not have a shirt, and if we had 100 shirts, we'd give everybody a shirt, and you can go home. So instead, we've given everybody a candy bar with a big Superman on there. So if you're a dad, pick you up a Superman candy bar so you can remember. He's a super God, so you get a super candy bar because you're a super dad. And here's the deal. I, I really felt like God just, just pared it down to like three simple things for us. We can't do all the things. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And, and the first thing that I, that I felt like I wanted to share or felt to share today was, was that as a father, I have to be a provider. And I know sometimes that hits us where it hurts and, and that kind of adds maybe to that pressure in your life of this thing that says, well, I, I can't. I can't give them everything they need. Nope, but you know who can and in this life, in helping our children become who God created them to be, it's in this partnering with Him and always pointing them to Him and His goodness. If good things happen in your life, it's because of God. If bad things happen in your life, you screwed it up. And I, and I know sometimes it's like, well, yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if it comes down to the fact of them knowing whether or not God is good or not, I would rather me be an, an idiot and God be good. I would rather them know that God blesses us and that he takes care of us. If he is ultimately our provider, then we need to be a provider for our children because we're going to be like him. 
Remember the DNA is on the inside of you. It says that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And if he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and his DNA is on the inside of us, I'm not calling you Jehovah Jireh, but I am calling you a provider in your situation. And it's not just about money. God provides us with wisdom. He provides us with opportunity. He provides us with direction. He provides us with everything that we have need of to become who he created us to be. When you're in need, who do you go to? God. Why? Because he's a provider. And you don't just go to him for financial needs. You go to him for all kinds of needs. You don't have the answer to a situation. You go to him. If something has come up in your life and you have to do something and you don't feel like you can, you go to him. God, help me get through this. Provide me with the strength to make it. See, we can come to him as provider. Your children want you to be provider in their life. And I'm not just saying Mr. Moneybucks and Mr. Moneypockets. Although that does happen sometimes and, and I end up with cash and then they come and kiss me and pat me on the head, call me daddy and I walk away and I don't have any money. I don't know where it went, but it's, it's gone, but it's okay. Because I got patted on the head, got kissed, and they told me that they loved me. But it's just God's money anyway. It's God's wisdom. It's all of those things. It's being able to sit down and say, listen, I screwed things up. Don't be like me. God has fixed me. God has helped me. God has changed me. But you don't have to be like me. Be generous with your children in providing for them. Don't be stingy. If you're generous as a parent or as a father, your children will be generous. Not just money not just finances. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your love. Be generous with your forgiveness. See, how many times do we come to God and we say, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me for making that mistake. I screwed up. I know I did it again, but I won't ever do it again. And what does he do? He forgives you and he loves you because he's not stingy. He's generous with it. And yet then our own would come to us and we'd say, well, this is the last, I'm telling you, you did this last time. You did it the time before. I've there's discipline and there's those kind of things and there's teaching and correction. But listen, there has to be forgiveness. We come to God and He pours out His infinite love. Our children come to us and do they get our infinite love? When we come to God, He always has time. And when our children come to us as the men of our house, as our fathers, as the providers, do we provide that kind of time for them? I'm not telling you to quit your job and follow them around. I'm not telling you to be their one-man band fan. And, and, I mean, I'm just telling you, offer them the time. Give them the things that they need. Well, I don't have those. Yes, but you know who does. And it flows from him through you. I don't have a whole lot of wisdom to pour out. I learned a long time ago as Daniel was growing up. I didn't have the answers. I thought I had it figured out. Everything I thought was wrong. And as a dad, then that creates great pressure. That like puts this, that like, man, things aren't going right and things are going south. And so you begin to feel the pressure of that in your life. Like you're not really providing like you should financially. You don't have the answers to the questions that are being asked. Things aren't going well and you don't know how to fix them. And all of those pressures and all of those stresses begin to build. That's the thing that God told me to address today. You don't have to be that way. Learn to rely on Him. So you, if you learn to rely on Him, then you realize that the answers come from Him. That the finances come from Him. That the direction comes from Him. That the ability to do what needs to be done in that situation comes from Him. 
And when I began to do that, it began to take that pressure off. And I be, I, what it helped do, though, ultimately, is it helps your children understand who God is. It doesn't say, oh, I've got the best dad in the world, although you may become the best dad in the world. What it does is begin to show them and teach them how good God is. And ultimately, again, isn't that our job? To teach them to have a relationship with the ultimate provider. God is a provider. And you need to be adding to your children's lives, not subtracting from them. As a dad, you need to be adding to your children's lives every day. Add something to who they are. Well, man, I'm telling you, they're ungrateful. Well, see, you're, just, you're already subtracting. Yeah, but you don't know, but yeah, but, but what did you do? Who were you? And God erased that, and he has added to your life ever since. You can't go wrong adding to your children's lives. You can't go wrong providing love for your children. You can't go wrong in forgiveness. You can't go wrong in love. The second thing in those three things is as a father, I have to be a protector. That you are a covering for your children. You're a covering for your household as the spiritual leader in that place. And we'll get to that in a minute. But you are a covering for your children. You would protect them in a situation physically, if somebody came at them or after them, spiritually, you have to protect them the same way. The enemy is after you. And we have a tendency to, sometimes to, to take that weight and say, look, I can't protect you at the moment. I'm busy trying to protect myself. Listen, if the devil can get to you, he can get to your kids. But if you'll stand as the man of God that he created you to be, if you'll stand as the father that he created you to be in your home, spiritually, the devil can't get to you. I'm telling you, he'll have a hard time getting to your kids. See, if he can, he will. But if he can't because you stand firm on the word, then he has a hard time getting toward your kids. And I believe it's that time when your kids begin to get older and we've gone through those different situations of parenting and you can go back and get those messages of, of the discipline and the training and the coaching and the friendship side. As they get older, they, they're in positions now where they have to begin to make the right decisions. But as you have taught them to rely on God as our provider, as God as our protector, as you begin to teach them about having a relationship with Jesus Christ and in your life as the father of that household represent the good father who is in heaven, then it helps them in this walk that they have. The problem with many believers today is they had a messed up dad or they didn't have a dad. And then when people tell them that God is the father, they've got a messed up idea what that means. My father didn't like me. My father hated me. My father said bad stuff. My father left me. He deserted us. He beat me. He always held things against me. He never forgave me. I mean, there are all those things that people, that, and those happen. Fathers, I mean, they, they don't always do the right thing. And what that does in our children is it makes an image of what a dad is. It makes an image of what a father is, and it's not the right one. And so in our lives, as dads, as fathers, we have to realize that in protecting and in providing for them, we are presenting an image of who God ultimately is for them in their life. And so that when they, they come to those decisions and they come to those moments and somebody says, God the Father, they know who He is. 
And not only did they have you as their dad, you showed them who he was as ultimately their father. And so then it, allow, it puts them in a place and allows them to grow in faith. You're protecting them from things that are coming their way. They don't even know are there or exist. You're standing the gap for them as the father. I'm not saying you're following them around with a little shield and with a little sword. I, once they get to, you know this is important when they turn 16. And they get their driver's license and they can drive away. Many of you have young ones and they haven't gotten that far yet. When they, be, when they turn 16 and they want to take their friends and they want to leave the football game and they want to go somewhere, your prayer life increases dramatically. It goes through the roof. You now have become a prayer warrior. You've joined prayer teams. You've set up your own prayer chain in the neighborhood. You, you are doing... A, that isn't... Boy, you are praying. It ups, it ups the level. It, wait till they move. This little one, my daughter, she's here. She lives in Indy now. Oh, this summer. Until August, then you get to come home. I can't wait. I know you're excited about it too. Daddy, I want to live in India this summer. Or I want to work in India this summer. Oh, that'll be a long drive, honey. I'm not going to drive there. I'm going to live there. Prayer life, right through the roof. <laughs> Faith. You, that's when you begin to think, okay, I hope I was a, a, a decent father. I hope I pointed her in the right direction. I hope I, I hope I helped her learn where to turn and where to go. I hope I, see, I hope I helped her to learn God is her protector. She's, in, she's, she's down in Indy in this house with these other people. I don't know them. And I, we, we don't know who they are. But I have to trust. I have to trust God. And we have done our best as, as mom and dad, and we haven't been released from the responsibility of being their parents and taking care of them and doing those things. And once they begin to move on Physically, they may not be with you, but spiritually, they're still attached to you. And so you still need to be the one who's providing wisdom and guidance and knowledge and those things and protecting them with your prayer and standing and fighting a fight of faith for their life, for their soul, for their existence. Well, mine aren't that big yet. We'll begin to speak those things into existence in their life. The third part of being a dad isn't just being a, a protector and it isn't just about being a provider. It's about being the spiritual leader in your household that God created you to be. That's where we as the church have really dropped the ball. I'm not pointing fingers at any of you. I already got those other two services. You guys are all all right. It was those other two services that needed a little straightening. But we're good here, so we're just going to be encouraged. You, you must be the spiritual leader in your household that God created you to be. It doesn't, it doesn't come naturally because it's not a natural gift. It's spiritual. So you think, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not my nature. I know it's not your nature because your nature is carnal. It's his nature. And his nature is on the inside of you and you need to awaken his nature. We're going to talk the next couple of weeks about awaken. About awaken. About the bones coming up out of the ground and coming together and awaken that thing. That giant that's on the inside of you. As a man of God, as you come to that altar that day, as Christine and Micah did a few weeks ago, and we say, listen, you are coming together and you're forming basically a legal contract between the two of you, me and the state that says you're married, that can be dissolved and can be broken. 
But it's more than just a legal contract. This is a spiritual contract that today you're putting your names on the dotted line together saying you will submit one to another in this life that God has called you to. And this contract is between you and him. And you, as a family, as a unit today, will become one. But let me tell you, Micah, man of God, you are the spiritual responsibility. You are the, you are the one holding the spiritual responsibility in this household for your wife and for your children. Yes, you will submit one to another in this thing. Yes, you have parts to play. But as a man of God and as a father, you have a spiritual responsibility in your house to swing that sword, to hold that shield, to hold your ground, to stand firm on the word of God and to fight a spiritual battle for your children's lives. And if you defer, if you get rid of that, if you give that away, God help you and God help them. And you may say, well, I haven't done that. Well, today's a great day to start. In my life, I tried to abdicate that for a long time to Elizabeth. I saw bad things coming, so I was getting out of the way. I, I, <laughs> this is not going well. I'm going right, to, here, you go ahead and do something. You be in charge. You say the right things. You bring them to church. You pray for them. You pray for us. You take care of the money. You take care of everything. I'll just, you know, kind of just be myself over here. And you know what happened? My life began to fall apart. And that responsibility and that weight that I felt as a provider, as a protector, as a spiritual leader in my family was never lifted because she prayed more for me. It was lifted in my life when I began to pray more for them. See, as a man of God, being the spiritual leader of your house, you have to teach, you have to show, and you have to be the example of the priest in your home. You are pastor of that flock of sheep. They are yours. God has given them to you. And as a man of God, it's your job. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9 that we are all kings and priests. And the priests serve the people as they serve God. The priest showed them the way to serve God. The priest was the example. And in your household, as a father and as a, as, as a husband, you are the example of God the Father in your home. Take it. Take that responsibility and walk in it. Nobody can pray for your children like you can. This is a spiritual fight and spiritual warfare. You would not let somebody take them from you, so spiritually don't let them either. You begin to pray like you've never prayed before. You pray in the morning, you pray at noontime, you pray in the break time, you pray at dinner time. When they're gone at, at 8 o'clock at night, you're praying for them. When they, when they come home, you're praying for them. When they go to bed, you're praying for them. Speak the word over their life when they're little. You begin to say the right things. If you're not sure what to say, we'll get you a book. This power of praying parents. We'll give it to you. With these guys, we had a little con little thing that we, we did. It was a little confession. With Rachel, we, Elizabeth did it every night. And I did it some nights when I was there and at home. But she put her name in there and made it personal. Make the word personal to your children because it needs to be. They need to hear that. She said, Mommy, does that really say my name? <sighs> well, the book doesn't, but God does. 
And this is, who he, this is what he says about you, and this is what we're saying about you, and this is who you're going to become, and this is what we're going to do. And we're going to pray before we go to bed, and we're going to talk about how good God is. And if great things happen, God came through. If things didn't go right, then somewhere I must have screwed it up, because God is good, honey, and he would never let anything bad happen to you. When he was playing football and he broke his leg, I, I, was a, I, I went down to that field, and his leg was making an L out the other side, and it was it was for Ricky. And when I got down there, you know who quieted me and who helped me? Him. He said, Dad, are you praying? I am now. I forgot for a moment, but, 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 but I am now. Grandma is. Don't worry. She didn't forget. But, but Dad, is, I, was a little con- I was a little concerned for you. That's good news. Dad, are you praying? Not like, am I going to be okay? Can anything else just, hey, hey, are you praying? And can I get my letter? I want to make sure that I get my letter. I've, I've done this. I broke my leg now. I need to get something on my chest. So it's, it's important as the man of your house to stand spiritually as the priest and pray and serve those who God gave you. And the other part of that, real quick as we end, the other part of that, that is the spiritual leader of your house, men, Again, you don't know everything. You don't have all the wisdom and all the answers, but you know the one who does. And it says in the Word of God that the Holy Spirit in John 16, He'll begin to tell you things to come. That as you ask God to tell you things about your children that are going to come, He will tell you those things. And then when He tells you those things, you begin to speak those things that aren't as if they are. That's prophetic. That you begin to prophesy into your children's life. Not about their situation. Don't speak to their situation. Speak to who they're going to become. You begin to speak to their situation, you can get off track and you can get in trouble. It wasn't the fact that I was speaking toward this thing that he had a broken leg. It was speaking to the thing that said, he's going to be perfectly healed and he's going to play football next year. And let me tell you what, it did not look good for a while. As he was rehabilitating and doing those things, he ran. It, it was, it'd make you cry watching him run and watching him try to lift weights. But it was, man, he's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. That's what he's going to do. He's going to play. Are you sure, buddy? Yep. All right. I'm with you. And you begin to speak it into existence, the things that aren't as if they are. You begin to speak to those things, the situations, and you begin to talk about what's going on right now and who they are at the moment, and you begin to compound the problem. But if you talk about who they're becoming and what's on the other side of this situation and circumstance that they face, you begin to alleviate that pressure and that stress, and it begins to take them through that place. You have the ability as a dad to do that. There's a story in the Bible in Genesis chapter 35. And this story is about Jacob and Rachel. And Rachel was having her last baby. And as she was having this baby, she, she was dying. Suffering through great childbirth, it said. It's in 35, like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, right in there, this story. And the midwife, the lady delivering the baby, said, Don't worry, you're this, but you'll deliver this baby. This baby will live. And so she said, we'll name this baby Ben-Oni. And Ben-Oni means the child of my sorrow. And when she gave birth to this baby, she died. And so this baby had been named the child of my sorrow. And then when the father came in, Jacob, they handed him the baby. 
And he said, what is the baby's name? And they said, Ben-Ani. And he said, no, this baby's name is not Ben-Ani, it's Benjamin. Benjamin means the child of my right hand and the child of my strength. You have the ability with the words that you speak prophetically over your children to change what has happened in their life. Somebody needs to stand the gap for them. If it's not you, Dad, then who will? I know Mom's praying, but I'm telling you there's something important about you praying. There's something important about you putting yourself on the line as the leader in your household. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 that if we, and we use this as a nation because we see our nation spiritually broken. And so we use this scripture many times in national days of prayer and those kind of things that says, if we as a nation will humble ourselves and pray, God will forgive us of our sins. And then it goes on and it says, and he will heal our land. But I would even maybe go as far as to say this, in your own home, that's your land. And if you as a leader in your home spiritually will humble yourselves and pray, God won't just forgive your sins, he'll begin to heal your land. But you got to be the one. I don't know what to say. Begin to say what God tells you to say. Get in VBI. Find out some word. Read the word. Do whatever you got to do. Get in Victory 101. We'll help you out with the basics and the fundamental things that you need to know so that you can pray right. There's a VBI class called the Principles of Prayer. It's a great class. If you're not sure how to pray for your kids or what to pray, get in that class. Contact Megan. Contact Sandy. They'll hook you up. They'll get you in there. Get you DVDs so you can do that. Principles of Prayer. It helps you learn how to pray and not just pray a prayer, not just say words, but to powerfully enact God's spiritual wisdom and action in that moment. It's important. You are in this earth for them. And there's no greater club than being a dad. A friend of mine, just, he just found out he's going to be a dad. And I sent him a, a message on Twitter yesterday. I said, hey, hey, congratulations, man. This is a good club. You're going to love this. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things. That are, it's an important club to be in. But it's the greatest club to be in. Amen. Let's stand up and we're going to pray this morning. You may not be a superhero, but you can be a super dad. And what it takes is not concentrating and focusing on your flaws, not concentrating and focusing on the things you can't do, not concentrating and focusing on your mistakes, because we all have those. It's about coming to God in those moments of mistake. It's about coming to God in the moments where you don't know what to do. It's about coming to God with your flaws and saying, I cannot do this on my own. I need you and I need your help. And it says in his word that when you come to that throne room of grace in the time of need, he pours it out in your life. It says Paul told us that as we come to him with our weakness and we meld it with who he is, we become strong. That he relishes in the fact that we can't do it so that with him we can says he'll take our strength he'll take our care take our weakness he'll take our care he'll take all the junk and he'll give us all the goods and so as a dad it is to your advantage and to the advantage of your children and your family to take advantage of that and to receive it today in this place all you just close your eyes before God we, we are standing in a church that really has men who are active and involved, not just in the church, but in their families. We are very blessed in this church. We are blessed to have spiritual leaders. We're blessed to have men who do these things that we're talking about today. And I want to pray and encourage you. But if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
If you can't cry out to the great father, you are Abba Father to me. If you don't have that father relationship with God, there's a problem and there's an issue and there's no hope for you and no help for you to make it spiritually down this path. But that can change. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following Him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and His gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.